all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. From MPB Think Radio, this is Relatively Speaking, the show all about you and your family. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, Professor of Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Great bosses set the stage for a successful office, but also for a young person's entire career. That sounds powerful, and it is. Bosses, like parents, are the model and the building blocks for future leaders. Not only that, bosses affect our overall life happiness. Are you happy at work, or do you watch the clock? Let's talk about what's going on in your life. You can share your comments and thoughts this morning by calling one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking from MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Good morning and thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress and today, today we're talking about bosses. Not just bosses, but bosses and how they become the leaders that they are. So great bosses really do set the stage for a successful office, um, any kind of workplace, a construction site, it can be anywhere. But they also can set the stage for a young person's entire career, the way that boss works with new workers, new individuals, may make the difference in someone who loves what they're doing or hates what they're doing. That sounds really powerful, and it is. Bosses are like parents. They're the model, the building blocks for future leaders. They're the building blocks for maybe people who aren't going to be leaders, but just good workers. Certainly, we don't need everyone being a leader. What kind of world would that be? That'd be horrible. But not only uh, do bosses help build future leaders or excellent workers, but they affect our overall life happiness. More of our waking hours are spent at work than anywhere else for many of us. So are you happy where you're working or are you sitting around watching the clock just waiting for it to be over? Are you one of those individuals who cannot wait to retire if you can just get to that age to retire? If you are, then perhaps you're in the wrong workplace or perhaps you have the wrong boss. Because I dare say that if you have the right kind of leader in your area that you wouldn't be always looking forward to the end of the day. So tomorrow is National Bosses Day. Do you have a boss that you'd like to celebrate or one that you wish you could change or maybe even get rid of? 
So if you think about it, even those of you who don't feel like you have a boss right now, um, I just want to remind you that you've had a boss at one time or another. Even those who are self-employed, you had parents, right? They're the boss. Teachers in school, right? They're the boss. That first job that you had. And then as we were thinking about um, if you are a boss in one place, are you the boss in another? For example, maybe you're the boss at home, but not so much at work. Or maybe you're the boss at work, but not so much at home. So how do you switch that? And do you have sometimes difficulty going from being the one who's leading uh, to the one who's following? So as we move along, uh, I want to hear from you, and we'll be talking not just about um, being a boss, but learning how to be a good leader when you need to be a good leader, and how to be a really good follower and one of the worker bees uh, when, when you need to be. And you need, no matter in what area of life you are, you need to be able to be one of those worker bees, one of those individuals who knows how to get down and do the nitty-gritty. You know, Dr. Butchers, I feel that a good boss can be a great worker, meaning they're not just telling you what to do. They've done it before. They've done it. They know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Right, Michelle? And they've done it, and they've been in the trenches, just like a, like a construction site. A, for, a good foreman, to me, started off as a worker. He was, you know, hammering oh, always. the nails. I think yeah. that's the best type of uh, quote-unquote bosses. Um, I hate that word, by the way. The boss. I hate that yeah. word, boss. The leader. I, I like leader, director, but boss means to me, the word boss tells me that you're bossing me. And I don't know where that, maybe I'll look that up, see where that word came from. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, you are. You're, you're exactly right. And the word bossy. Mm-hmm. is uh, has a very negative connotation. So as we're moving along, maybe somebody out there has a better word for what they call the leader of their group. It might be the foreman. It might be the director. Um, manager. But I, yeah, manager. but manager. But, you know, I do hear people talk in very positive light sometimes about their, quote, boss. And it doesn't mean that they are bossy or that they are demeaning. And um, this is Michelle McAdoo for you guys who don't um, listen regularly to the show, my (laughs) producer. She and I had a pretty robust discussion about this even before the show started because you really do. You know, they're they're good leaders and they're bad leaders. They're um, individuals who don't like to lead and don't want to lead and and want to be a follower and and can be an excellent follower or worker bee as I said earlier but maybe before we um, go any further let me let me let you know we'd love for you to join in the conversation so if a thought hits you or a question or a situation give us a call talk about it at 1877 MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. Now, if you're at work 
and you want to talk about how bad your boss is, let's not do that. Maybe you'll send an email. Don't give your real name. Or you <laughs> can, you great. know, that's what I was going to say. You can call in. And um, you can call in. I hear a caller. We're going to get you. Um, you can call in and use another name. That would be fine. Okay. Um, so I want us to talk about what are some of the different types of good and bad bosses as we're moving along. And um, I'll list, let's, let's talk uh, about some of the different types of maybe negative bosses. But before we do that, I see we already have Ela on the phone and I would love, is it Ela? Do I have that right in Memphis? Good morning. It is. Hi, I love that name. Thank you so much. Um, I actually am calling, I am, uh, I teach uh, at university and I teach organization management. So this is like right up my alley. Oh, good. Um, And I would love to point something out, a trend um, that, and I know that um, I, I believe it was mentioned that, you know, it's always good to have a boss that's already been in the trenches, which is ideal maybe for some of us. However, mm-hmm. the trend is that that's not how careers go anymore. Uh, rarely do you start somewhere and move up the ladder as much as people are now advancing their careers by hopping around. And it's almost expected. Um so with the retirement going by the wayside and everything else, it's just people are more mobile. So it is not entirely impossible that you will have somebody to be in the superior position to your be your supervisor or whatever that actually happens to be younger than you. Right. You're absolutely right. And <laughs> and um to me, Eli, that that's okay. But of I course. would think that it might be problematic if you have somebody who jumps in to to lord over you, um, or a boss, or just be the leader who has never been able to demonstrate that they can do what they are demanding of others. Do you find that to be a problem? Oh, I absolutely, and that's one of the reasons why I believe that there's a a, a clash of the titans so to speak the millennials versus the boomers versus the (laughs) gen xers or whatever i think a lot of it has to do with that and especially that yeah because we have a different mindset and i don't know if necessarily for example somebody that happens to be younger than me that is supervising me is necessarily lording anything over me as much as well they have gotten to where they're getting where they are for a reason whatever the reasons may be but, you know, there's there's just a mindset that's so different um, between the generations. And this is the first time in, I think, forever that we've had, I believe, four or five generations in the workplace at the same time. Yeah. So there's a lot of clashes. And it's actually a very important topic to talk about because, the, you know, the long and the short of it is, is that the next generation is going to be the bosses. Right. Are if you will. And so it's actually very important to talk about this and because work still has to go forward. Stuff still has to happen, whatever industry you happen to be in. And these generational shifts and trends are going to continue to exist until, you know, the number of generations decreases and da, 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 you know, yeah. So, so yeah, so this is like absolutely important. And I don't think that it, um, 
I think we don't spend enough time thinking about it. Of course, I live in it because so, <laughs> I teach it. And you teach but, it. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so it um, seems, do you believe that that when we have younger people coming in who have have sort of very quickly moved into a management position, that it is creating um, distrust and dissatisfaction to individuals who are the worker bees, who know that you had this, quote, young whippersnapper jump in to this position <laughs> above you and, and is somebody who doesn't yet know how to roll their sleeves up? Or do you believe that this is something that we can work through? Well, I believe we don't have a choice but to work through it. No. <laughs> Let's just put that. I mean, it is what it is. Um, I don't. I think that you know. Yes, it, it it's very uncomfortable uh, to be in a position where somebody that hasn't rolled their slaves up is basically supervising or whatever. Yeah. And of course, I'm I'm thinking more in terms of maybe corporate America, I'm not talking about, you know, like um, the more skilled labor maybe or something like that. That may be very different. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking more, more in terms of um, like like professional level, um, yeah. you know. Yeah, I hear you. And I, I do think that so many times um, individuals um, who get like the most current, the newest, innovative education uh, Mm -hmm. comes out maybe with new ideas and there may be a time and I know we don't want to dwell on this too long but there Mm -hmm. there really certainly may be some merit to bringing some younger individuals into corporate America to help um, generate new ideas and inject a little bit of energy uh, as long as they have the right the ability to to be a good leader and and so I think that's that's one of those issues, and we'll talk as we move along. And Ela, feel free to call back because you may hear something that I say that you want to add to or disagree with. But you Thank know, you. to to what is the right kind of leader? So that's what we'll talk about as we move along, young or old. And I think age should have little to do with it as much as skill set and ability. Yes. Yeah. All right. And actually keeping in mind that diversity on any level, including age, actually helps a company a lot. It's actually to the benefit of the company. So excellent you know, point. It's a matter of making sure everything is going smoothly. So. Diversity. Thank you so much for your time. That's, that's a great point. We need to remember that, too. All right. Thanks so much, Ela, for calling. Um, Michelle, do can we take our next caller? Yeah. Betty's been waiting. So... Let's go on to to Betty and Indianola. Hi, Betty. Hi, how are you? Great. Thanks for calling. Tell us your thoughts about bosses. Well, mine is posthumously. My boss passed a year ago. I worked for him for 33 years. I was 33 years old when I started, and I stayed there 33 years. Wow. And he passed. He was an attorney here in Indianola. And he, you, you could not have a, I just couldn't pass up the opportunity riding down how he was one of the greatest bosses in the world. Can you, yeah. uh, I want, I love hearing this because obviously you must have cared about him. You worked for him for 33 years and I'm yes, sorry ma'am. for your loss. But Betty, tell us what made him so awesome. He res- he, he respected you. He, he, he wanted to listen to your viewpoint. 
I listened to his, and he told me when I started working for him, he said, I want somebody to be here and stay with me when I train them and don't leave. And I promised, I said, if you give me this job, I'm not going anywhere. And I stayed there. Now, we argued on numerous <laughs> occasions, but we never did disrespect one another. Yeah. And whatever questions that I had, he took his time. He would explain it to me. He said, because this job is very important, because we could get sued if you make mistakes. Yeah. I started as a secretary. I went to office manager, ran the entire law office up until the day he died. And, and I'm telling you. He was a great leader. He was a great community person. He was a people person. Yeah. He understood people. Yeah. And he understood being a boss. You didn't have to be harsh and, and hard on people. He he worked with you. You never knew he was the boss because that's not the way he expressed himself. But we got the work done. But you got the work done, and you were happy to work for him. Happy. It's... Happy <laughs> without him even raising his voice. So, Betty, um Say his name on air. Give him the kudos he deserves. His name is Carver A. Randall. He was the first black attorney in the city of Indianola. Wow. He was a community representative. He worked in Mississippi Valley State. Oh, he had plenty of accolades. Yeah. He was instrumental in you know, bringing the B.B. King Museum in Indianola. He's on that board. Wow. He was a remarkable individual. Well, thank you so much for calling in. That's the kind of boss that we all would love to have. And there aren't so, many like him, I tell you. They're not many. You're right. Yeah. But they're out there, and we want to hear about them. So thank you for calling. I appreciate it. And, and I bet he's hearing you somewhere. So, <laughs> I hope so. Okay, Betty, thanks for calling. I know we need to go to our first break, but we have open lines. We're talking about bosses. Tomorrow's National Bosses Day. But we're also just talking about what makes a good leader. What makes that leader, what what makes you want to work hard for that leader? What are the characteristics that you found in someone that you worked for that you wished you had, that you love working and you're not um, not watching that clock? So, Give us a call, or is, is there a negative uh, leader, somebody who is bringing down an office or bringing down a workplace? Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking, and we'll be right back. Mr. Sandberg, thanks for coming to your performance review. No problem. So you're in charge around here, is that fair to say? Absolutely. I'm the boss. Okay, so take us through a day in the life of the boss. Well, the first thing I do is... Talk to corporate! Approve memos! Lead a workshop! Remember birthdays! Direct workflow! My own bathroom! Micromanage! Promote synergy! Hit on Deborah! Get rejected! Swallow sadness! This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking, and I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. We're talking about bosses, good ones, bad ones. What makes one a good one? What makes one a bad one? And 
And then how do you build someone into being that good leader, that good individual? So before we go back to the phones, we have Rennie waiting, but I just want to bring up a couple of things. And you heard that on that that uh, little rap piece there. Um, there. There are some very bad bosses out there, some individuals who try to lead in the wrong way. And I want to just talk about a few of them. Some of them are well-meaning. Some individuals are not bad individuals. Um, like the individual who is the micromanager, the one who can't let go of things. And even though um, they have hired someone to do a job, they can't let go and let them just do their job. Um or there might be that buddy boss who wants to be your best friend, is too familiar with you, is too chatty, and sometimes gets in the way of you doing your own job. And then there, there is that um, more narcissistic boss who never protects the team who's unapologetic about anything and typically will throw you under the bus if something goes wrong at work, even though it might have been something that they had suggested that needed to be done. Um, Their other bad characteristics, we'll get to those as we go along and then talk more about those great bosses. But let's go on back to the phone. We have um, Rennie and Biloxi. Hi. Yes. I wanted to make a, a point, because you're talking about official brands of leadership. Uh-huh. But the thing is, it's, okay, yes, uh, in customer service, it's basically always true. But, and then it happens in other businesses, too, uh, that the real power is not actually in the management. It's actually in, a, I guess, the alphas or the veteran people that actually are the leaders on a shift or a job. Uh-huh. It's like they don't actually, like the thing is the managers or the assistant managers or what, what not, they're actually not really running anything. It's actually this like two or three usually people who are kind of in charge of everything and keep running, keep the, keep the wheels rolling, and keep the crew moving. Right. So you're saying that that sometimes it's, um, it's more spread out than what we're talking about. We're talking about one individual, when in the reality of it, it's often spread out amongst many? No, I'm saying that the power, the, the management... All too often, in many places of work, do not actually run anything. It's actually the real leaders, the real whatever, or the these veteran workers who most of the time don't want the title. Oh, I see what you're saying, Rennie. And and your point is good, but think about it. That's why I said absolutely we do not. If we if we had all leaders, we would have a world where nothing was really done. Because if you have someone who is oversighting, they're typically not down in there doing the hands on or they aren't all. Some do, but 
many don't have that hands-on approach. There, oh yes, there are absolutely people who do not want to take yeah. the lead, but but are the ones who do the real, the really good work and the the work that takes care of things. But if you think about it. The sign of a really good leader, a really good boss, is somebody who knows how to hire people. And and uh, Michelle and I, uh, again before this started, were we were talking to about our radio manager, who that's that's one of his um, skills. Is that he really one of his many skills? He he hires people that he thinks can do the job. He he. He helps oversight them, but he lets them go and lets them do their job. And so, yeah, the sign of a good manager is somebody who um, hires people who they think they can do their job, oversights it, and then steps back and uh, and allows it. Do a uh, call out for my supervisor. Absolutely. Well, she is like me, like I said, about me and like and other people like me that we're actually the real leaders and the managers are just figureheads. Uh-huh. But, yes, she has, has turned down management too, so many times. It's not even funny. But Miss Crystal, she, I don't know, it's, I will follow her into the gates of hell and back. <laughs> you know, it's, she is that great of a leader. It's like she real without even knowing it, she kind of captured what, Machiavelli was saying about the the few people who can lead with love. Yeah. Well, that is so important. And that's what engenders good work ethic is that you have somebody who who makes you want to do good work and to be able to follow somebody like that. Um, makes it wonderful. So, you know, we're not just talking about the 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 overall corporate head or the overall foreman, but in the pods of workplaces also, everybody has one of those leaders who everybody wants to help them accomplish their goal. So, Rennie, thanks for that. We appreciate it. All right. We have Dudley, and is this from Calhoun, Colorado? No, Calhoun County. Okay. We sometimes have some online listeners, and that's why I wasn't sure what that comma was. Hey, Dudley. (laughs) Good morning, Dr. Butchers. Uh, While teaching uh, Speech 101 in the junior college system, I had uh, discussions with my students, and many times we were talking about confidence and so forth, but many of the students would say that they would take less pay than to have less responsibility and Mm -hmm. you would get deeper into that, which would this be an emotional thing? Ah, that's really interesting. So less pay to have less responsibility. Does that mean less work to do or that they didn't want to have to oversight anyone? Uh, I think it was uh, both. Both. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, you know the, the responsibility of other people and having to lead and take them, they would would rather take less money or pay than to uh, to have the responsibility over other people. Over other people. And, Go ahead. You were going to say something else. Well, I, I was just 
going to say I, I think it has a lot to do with confidence. It's one thing, but at the same time, uh, you you build and work toward you know doing or making as much money as you possibly can. Yeah. And to hear this, it 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 would throw me, and I I may be off subject with you. No, today. you're. No, you're on the subject, Dudley, and and that is my point. There are some people who really um, like doing work, and it has nothing to do with not wanting to do work, but they they don't like being um, over other people and the responsibility. I think some of that is probably a personality characteristic. Some of it may be the way they were raised. To some people, their happiness is much more important than their money. I suspect that individuals who don't want to be responsible for anyone but themselves tend to be more introverted and internally motivated by their actions. And if you look at an introverted person versus an extroverted person, uh, many, many bosses or leaders are more extroverted and uh, are extroverts in that they get their feeling of self-worth from others. They want the accolades from others. They like for other people to praise him. And I'm not, and that's not a negative. And I don't want anybody to think that I'm saying that. I I have been um, the leader of a division. And so, you know, I've been there. What I'm saying is that uh, many times a really introverted individual um, works for their own internal gratification and satisfaction, and so they they don't they don't need to be at that leader spot. So maybe that's part of it. Maybe part of it is anxiety provoking to be responsible responsible for anybody else, and it may be the way they were brought up that no one ever made them comfortable with taking the lead, and. Um, and they always needed someone. So I don't know. I threw out several things out there, possibilities. I uh, would love to hear from others if they have thoughts about it. Um, but thanks, Dudley, for throwing that out. Uh, I think that is one of those issues that's gone through my mind. Obviously, we don't want all leaders. We need some people who are going to be the worker bees and the followers are the 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 ones who really implement what the leaders are trying to implement. Um, so I'd love to hear other thoughts about that. I know we need to go to our next break. We're talking about bosses and natural-born leaders and what's, what characteristics are needed. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. Um, we've got Amen. We'll get right to you um, when we come back. Hi, I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. Children grow and change so fast, it's important to help them build the strong foundations they need to help develop lifelong skills and succeed in school. Whether it's singing songs in the car or counting steps while walking to the mailbox, 
There are many ways to help young children learn new skills and reach new developmental milestones. Even before they can talk, babies can make connections and respond to adults' words, sounds, and facial expressions by clapping, waving, or smiling back at them. Not only is it fun, but it's important to talk, read, and sing with children. More at MississippiThrive.com. MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back and thanks for listening. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress and we're talking about bosses. What makes a good one? What makes a bad one? What are some of those qualities that you wish you had? And then how many bosses do we need? And uh, sometimes you can be a leader in your own pod when you're not really the boss overall. Those are different kinds of leaders and and maybe even a better kind of leader. So let's go on back to the phones. We have Eamon somewhere in Mississippi. Hi, Eamon. Thanks for calling in. Hi, how are you? Great. So what I wanted to talk about is I've realized a big difference between boss and employee relationship from before the recession and after the last recession. Mm-hmm. And I think I think the reason for that is there was there's a lot of pressure put on bosses to implement things that even some bosses don't agree with. Mm-hmm. And, and and it all reflects on eventually on the employees where they're not happy with what they're doing or not happy with what they're asked to do sometimes. And the bosses end up either lying or just being deceptive or something like that. And I have to deal with that personally and I still deal with that. However, I just look at the bigger picture where I have these goals that I'm going to reach and uh, just deal with every day. So uh, I hear, Eamon, what you're saying. And uh, I agree with you that it does seem... Um, with the job, you know, the unemployment rate is lower than it has been in the past. And um, some of those, especially upper management jobs, are fewer and far between. Um, And so it may be, like you said, after the recession, there were a lot of older individuals, particularly people in there. Um, not that I count this as old, but people in their um, mid to late 50s or 60s who fully intended to continue working, who as things, you know, as the recession happened, things were downsized. There were a lot of um, particularly primary breadwinners for their families who who ended up taking jobs that they really didn't want or, um, you know, were perhaps lower than their qualifications just to have a job. And so um, so then the pressure was on to be able to keep whatever job they had. And those certainly who were in um, a management category um, were were often uh, worried about implementing um the productivity that was demanded of them. And uh, sometimes, as you just said, 
what what happens, what the bosses implement may not even be what they would recommend, but the bosses have bosses. So your point's a good one, and I do think that there has been a bit of a change. I know um, even in the field of medicine, uh, there's a lot of emphasis on productivity, um, right or wrong. Uh, you know, gone are the days of being able to sit back and think about um, this great academic um, paper that you can write. Those are gone. I mean, it's productivity is is very, very important. And so if you want to do the extra, sometimes you have to put in the extra hours to do the extra uh, tweaking and bit that sometimes people used to do when they were on the job, if that makes sense. So you Absolutely. must... And, and you're not even encouraged to do that extra anymore because of the position that you're in. Like, for example, I just wanted to comment on uh, what you just said about the uh, unemployment rate. Yes, true, it is down. However, nobody talks about that the uh, average jobs right now are about $30,000 a year. And that barely paid for anything anymore. Right. <laughs> so it's just, I mean. You're absolutely right. The The amount individuals get paid is, is so... Um, sometimes not even a living wage when people are working very, very hard. And so um, when you're when you're then struggling or working a couple of jobs to make ends meet, to then come in and have a, um, somebody, somebody in upper management come in and tell you you're not working hard enough, um, sometimes is more than many can take. And I know we're talking a bit negative, but but I understand the pressures. Eamon, it sounds like that you've been in upper management and sometimes that's been a difficult position for you. Oh, yeah. Well, that's why that's why I'm not there anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, if you can't be passionate about what you're doing and you can't feel great about what you're doing, then it really is hard to be a really good leader. And so the thing is, sometimes when I see the people that I have to deal with now who are uh, in management and stuff, I just I don't know how they go to sleep at night. I wasn't able to. Yeah. I had issues with it. Yeah. And ended up resigning. Yeah. But but how some how other people they just do it just lie straight to this and okay, I know what I said and I know what you told me, but apparently this is what you want right now, so Yeah. (laughs) Well, Eamon, I know I you know, I think that says something about your character that that you couldn't stay in a position like that. And I think we need more people who have have honor about what they're doing and, and who they are and who they're dealing with. And I'm sure that the workers respected you because they 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 knew that you couldn't stay in the position and demand what you were having being told you had to demand. So to me, that sounds like a good boss. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Well, and nothing to be said bad about people who are in management position now because they, in their heart, they really disagree. 
because of what happened after the recession and the empowerment of big corporations and things like that, they know if they open their mouth, they might as well just pack their bags. That's a tough way to live, though, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I think it's Absolutely. a very tough way to live. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Eamon, um, again, thanks for expressing that integrity that I think sometimes you just can't stay where you are um, and and have to just stand up for what you believe in or not stand up for what you don't believe in. So. Well, I- I think it all depends on how good you want to sleep at night. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're right. Thanks for your call, Eamon. I know we need to go to our next break, our final break, but we have some open lines. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about what Eamon and I were just talking about, the being able to sleep at night. How do you do that? How do you be a good boss? How do you take care of the people who are working for you? And what for what should you expect as one of those workers who is dealing with that boss? There's time. Give us a call, one eight seven seven mpb ring that's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. podcast. Welcome back and thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress here with my producer, Michelle McAdoo, and we're talking about bosses. Um, Tomorrow's National Bosses Day. Um, You may have a really good one. You may be a good boss, um, or you may be one of those individuals who has had a not-so-good boss and perhaps uh, have some advice for those individuals out there who are trying to lead uh, that uh, things they could do better, perhaps, than what you experienced. So I just want to say a couple of words about the fact that Um, I mentioned earlier everybody's had a boss, and I just want to make sure that everybody remembers that probably the first boss that you had were your parents, right? And um, as parents, if you model what good bosses are supposed to be, what good leaders are supposed to be, you will end up being an excellent parent. So as we're talking through the skill set of a good parent and a good boss, think about how they mesh together. And you can create a child who can be a good leader or can be a good follower by doing some of the things that we talk about are a model for a good boss. So I'll get to that in just a minute. Let's go on back to the lines, and we he- we'll hear from Linda in Port Gibson before we move to that. Hi, Linda. Thanks for calling. Yes. Uh, 
Are you talking about like a model for a good boss? And right. Uh, okay. When I worked in Washington, I had one of the best bosses ever. You know, uh, he coached me through computer programming, and uh, he, he was an awesome boss. And uh, uh, I still use some of the skill sets that he offered me. Oh, it's been over 30 years, and I wow. still use the skill sets. I can... But then again, I've had bad bosses. Uh-huh. And, uh, I learned to work around them. Yeah. What were now? You said he was an awesome boss. Uh, tell us the the negative bosses that you had. Tell tell us a couple of the qualities that that you just could not deal with. Well, I had one boss. Uh, he was very very explosive. Mm. I mean, bombastic almost. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was almost like you couldn't could say anything to him without him uh not even hearing what you got to say but exploding mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's and that I, bully boss the the oh yeah. yeah the boss who thinks the louder he yells the more productive you'll be which is wrong right so yes, he, he really made it hard for me but i ended up getting out of that position mm, and good. uh later on down the road he did apologize for the mean things that he did and Sadly, you know, he had a massive heart attack, and uh, he, he passed. And I'm glad I was able to get that closure. Yeah, from him. You know, it's it's interesting. Many times, those people who are so explosive, um, it's so bad for your health, as we've talked oh, about. And you know, he's probably every time he he yelled and exploded like that. Um, he raised his blood pressure and heart rate, and so he probably shortened his life. So besides the fact that you want to be kind in the workplace, um, it's terrible for your health if you're not, and it's terrible for everyone's health if they have to stay in a situation like that. So um, I would encourage you know people to think about that, whether you're the boss or the worker be to To think about getting out of a situation such as that if you if you are in one. So, well, Linda, thanks for your call. Yes, I appreciate you. it. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Um, just a couple of things I, I wanted to talk about. Like I said on the on the parenting piece. Okay, keep this in mind, and I'm going to go through these. I think we have one more caller, so I'm going to go through these pretty quickly. So. A good parent is honest, kind, and loving, right? So if you start thinking about parents and bosses, when you look at the list of what a great boss is, a great boss is passionate, passionate about their work. If they act bored with their life or their job, you're certainly not going to be able to engage others to get excited or do something. You know, those really unforgettable bosses love what they do. Um, another good characteristic is that they'll stand in front of the bus for you. 
they, you know, some bosses will let you take the blame for a decision that they made. A good boss will stand in front of the bus, will take care of things for you. And, you know, yesterday in clinic, um, I talked to a parent who was literally standing in front of the bus for her child. There was no way that child was going to get hurt. And that is the sign of a good boss and, and, a, and a good parent. Um, one more thing is that they are who they are all the time. They're dependable. You know who they are. You know what they mean when they say it. You know what they say is what they mean. That's a really important skill set for, for all of us to have. So keep that in mind. They're sort of that port in the storm for you. They don't get rattled. Even when things are going bad, you know you can go to them for safety. Another good sign. Okay, let's go back to the phones, and Brian is in Senatobia. Hi, Brian. Hey, um, I was just calling in. Um, I worked at a chain restaurant a long time ago, and uh-huh. um, I had two people that started with me. We were all up to be promoted to shift managers. I declined. The other two accepted. Uh-huh. One of them was very good the other one was not very good and the only reason that he wasn't good he was a good employee but he got rattled Mm -hmm. when it came to management Mm -hmm. and it made him a bad shift manager so i think sometimes um some people while they're good employees they're just not able to take the responsibility of managing other people that's, I was just going to say that, and I'll get off and listen. Yeah, that's a Brian, you just, I don't know if you could even hear me when you were holding on the phone, but that was a point that I just brought up. That was excellent, and you just, <laughs> you gave us a, a, a case in point that that good bosses have to be that port in the storm. They have to be people that you can go to in times of trouble and when the waters are rough, so to speak. And if, if they're not, um, then they're going to let everything unravel. And that's probably what happened in that with that shift manager who, who wasn't that port in the storm, but a good worker. Well, thanks, everybody. I thought uh, we had lots of good callers and a lot of good examples of good bosses. And maybe there are times when some individuals should not try to be a boss. Be that good worker. Be where you're comfortable and happy and passionate. So thanks, everybody. Today's show was engineered by our producer, Michelle McAdoo, and our call screener, was also Michelle. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and I hope you'll join us next Tuesday at 11 for Relatively Speaking, and you'll stay tuned for NPR's Here and Now, coming up next on NPB Think Radio.